Welcome to another episode of People with Passion for Pets. I'm Bee Walker, your host, and my guest on the show today is Megan Wolf-Graham. She is the CEO and the founder of a company called Swift Paws. Swift Paws makes health and wellness lifestyle products for pets and their owners. And today I'm excited to talk to Megan about their original lure course, Swift Paws Home Product. Well, hi, Megan. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to meet you, at least virtually. Yes, nice to meet you, too. So, Megan, I just recently came across your product, Swift Paws Home, which is a lure course product that people can actually use in their backyard or maybe even inside their home, which um, I immediately was just fascinated by because, um, you know, as dog trainers, we always look into dog sports because it's such a beautiful thing that people can do with their pets. Um, but yours just opens up all these possibilities. So I'm so glad to connect with you and talk to you about the product and have you talk to my audience about it. So welcome. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the opportunity and I'm glad that you found Swift Paws and, uh, and our product. But you guys have been, I mean, I just found you, but you've been around quite some time, right? We have. We actually got our start a little over a decade ago. And I had just graduated college when I discovered the sport of lure coursing, and uh, the rest sort of snowballed from there. Megan, you are actually the person that invented this product, is that correct? So I like to say that I, I, I certainly didn't invent lure coursing, and uh, I guess maybe I should start there. When I was still in college and I had this little dog whose picture is behind us, his name is Pretzel. I loved dog sports and I loved sort of the idea of training and competing and also having that relationship. So I was doing dog agility. My agility trainer told me about lure coursing. The so lure coursing got its start in the 70s as an alternative to more of a traditional coursing, which would be sight hounds chasing after live rabbits, which you can imagine is not really condoned in this day and age. <laughs> But I think the point is, you know, most dogs, nearly all dogs have a natural prey drive, that instinct to, to chase and to pursue something. And so lure coursing was initially an alternative where they could not have to go out and find live animals. They could do the similar, uh, and they also do it as a sport. So they're judged, the sight hounds are judged. And originally it was only for sight hounds. So if you didn't have one of like a list of seven breeds, you know, Salukis, Afghan hounds, Rhodesian Ridgebacks, Greyhounds, you actually couldn't compete in the sport historically. And then uh, I didn't realize it, but the, the year that I discovered that sport, I thought, oh, wait a minute, this little guy loves to chase. And I knew that he would really enjoy chasing after a fake squirrel because he really liked chasing after real squirrels. That same year, 2011, is the first year that the American Kennel Club introduced a version of lure coursing for all breeds. So all of a sudden, for the first time ever, every breed of dog, including um, what would what they would consider to be a all-American or a mixed breed dog or a dog that you adopted from the shelter, was allowed to now compete in this new performance sport. And that was called CAT, the Coursing Ability Test. So it's a little confusing. It's CAT, but it is a dog sport. 
so I just I just discovered the sport and I thought wow how cool is that and sort of one thing led to another there really weren't a lot of opportunities and especially not really any in Florida which is where I'm from and so the closest I could find was in Georgia and it happened to oh. still be a sight hound event so I, I knew that my dog couldn't compete but I, I just wanted him to try it and ultimately I reached out to them I said, I know he can't compete, but would it be possible? I'd be happy to pay you like, just to give him, a, give him a chance to try it. And I totally understand their response. Um, they got back to me and they said, look, like if there's time at the end of the day and, and the judge is okay with it and the lure operator is not tired, like, yes, we could, we could give it a try. Unfortunately, I couldn't drive six hours for a maybe. Hmm. <laughs> it's not going to work for me to go somewhere that already has it and try it. What if I just buy this machine and try it. Only I realized that the equipment that was available, this very heavy duty, high powered, professional grade machines that run these huge courses for sighthounds, by the time you got everything you needed, it was like 4,000 or more dollars. So that wasn't happening. (laughs) (laughs) So ultimately I I made a machine uh, with the help of my dad, who's a very handy guy. And it was crude, but it did the trick, and my dog, Pretzel, loved it. And so in October of 2011, I invited all my agility friends out, and we had a barbecue, we were playing music, and we used the front pasture of a friend of mine's horse farm, and we just, we ran the dogs, and everybody had a good time, and everybody pitched in a little bit to cover the cost of the food and stuff. And at the end of that event, so many people were asking me, well, when are we going to get together and do this again? Because that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, re- the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, there's uh, there's still a lot of other work that is involved when you take a product from something that you just build in your backyard. And now you have something that you have, which, um, you know, and we're going to show some pictures uh, for our <laughs> audience for the videos. But, um, you know, this is a, a really neat device because, as you were saying Usually lure course equipment is very heavy. It can be expensive. And so you came up with a product that is portable. It's small enough to fit in people's backyards. Or like I mentioned, I mean, I could even see somebody maybe if they have a larger uh, indoor area that they could even do this indoors. Um, So it opens up the door to use this type of sport and activity with pets in so many other ways. And like you said, um, it's not just something you and your dog have to do. You can bring people over. You can have parties and um, all kinds of fun events around it. <laughs> it's really social. And obviously, I didn't set out to make a product. I just thought my dog would really enjoy it. And then the lack of available, affordable equipment led me to making one. And it wasn't until the next year. So Swift Paws didn't get started until middle of 2012 and at that time the thought was so the the professional equipment that was available and and I do like to point out that you know we're not competing with the manufacturers that have been around for a long time making that high powered equipment those machines can literally run circles around what we produce (laughs) what swift pause what our vision is what we produce is lure coursing machines for all breeds So our professional grade machine is still not as powerful as the ones that exist to run sighthounds. Because the sport opened up, now all of a sudden, uh, if you were going to be running an event, 
you needed to be able to have a machine that could stay ahead of a really fast dog, uh, like a Whippet or Greyhound, but you also had to be able to run at an appropriate speed for a much smaller dog. I mean, say even a Pekingese who's running at an average of eight or nine miles an hour. So that the traditional equipment is not variable speed. And so it's really hard to run it for a smaller, slower dog. So really we got our start thinking, what if we built a few professional machines for doggy daycares, dog trainers, these clubs who are now starting to offer the all breed coursing sports. So the all breed lure coursing, it's also not a full on competitive event. The dogs are really competing against themselves. So in the sport of the coursing ability test, it's pass or fail. The judge says they did it or they didn't do it. The other one, the Fast Cat, and likewise, the United Kennel Club has introduced their own version called Precision Coursing. Those are timed events. So the dog is running the course and it's timed. So they're not actually competing head to head against other dogs, although they do rank them by breed, which is really, really cool. So you can see where your dog stacks up against other dogs like them. So what we did really well was we made a professional grade machine that could run all breeds. Now the maximum course length that our machine is comfortable running is about 600, maybe 700 yards, which is about the starting course length for the hmm. professional sight hound type hmm. of racing. Um, but that's okay because our machine also incorporated variable speed. You could run it really slow. You also have the ability to reverse the direction. So if you um, need to bring the lure back, uh, for any reason, you can reverse it really easily. And it has some built-in safety features that make it overall a lot more efficient and safe to, to operate. So then, so then we did that. We made, I don't know, maybe 100 machines in total. So a lot of people are surprised that SwiftPaws has such a long history. But for the first six or seven years of our existence, we were really in a, in a garage. And I say we because I actually went in with a partner to, to start SwiftPaws. And so my former partner and I were making machines out of a garage and selling them to doggy daycares, dog trainers, to some zoos and to clubs. And it wasn't until 2017 that we realized, and, and really that was, I just got so overwhelmed by people at events. You know, you'd go to these events where you're running the professional equipment and the people who are there, they're like, I need one in my backyard. And then they'd ask you if you sell them and you said yes. And our machines were less expensive than the other professional grade equipment, but they were still a couple thousand dollars. And that's just not affordable for people to put in their own home. So at that point, it was like, okay, if we don't make a version that people can really use themselves, somebody's going to, because there's such a demand for it. And that's really the, the turning point. That's when I think SwiftPods became a startup. So we, <laughs> we stopped producing the professional grade machines because that was a lot of effort and intent. And we started developing what is now the hero product of our brand, our SwiftPods home, the one that you can put in your own backyard. A lot of times you can go to a dog event and uh, they'll have a course set up and you can try <laughs> your dog. I remember sure. the first time my uh, mini Aussie Apollo we thought he'd really enjoy it. And uh, he started out on the course, but he's such a mama's boy that he was like halfway down the course. Oh. And he was like looking back at me and he, he, came, he came running back to me. Like, <laughs> which That's was actually really, really cute. common. People think like, oh yeah, my dog's going to be fine. But the dog gets maybe 30 or 40 feet away. Where's mom? <laughs> 
Which, you that know, is, if you think about it, that's that's wonderful because if I'm out hiking, I don't want him running after, you know, things and, and just forget about me. But yeah, we spend um, our whole lives trying to tell them don't. And then mm-hmm. here's a place where they can. It's very. It's also very important that you build their confidence, but in a way where they know that they're allowed. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of what I want to talk a little bit about is, uh, although some people may have tried it out with their pets and, and some people may have never heard about it at all. What are some of the steps? I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of training involved when you want to use this or start using this with your pet. Yeah. So I have my preferred method of introducing a dog. So just from you know, going around the country and doing a lot of events where I see a lot of dogs trying it for the first time. My tried and true method, and it doesn't take much. Most dogs have that innate prey drive. And, and I like to say that something like swift paws, something like lure coursing, but it can be other stuff too. Frisbee, tennis ball, right? This type of activity where they're chasing after something. You're really taking your dog's natural prey drive and you're sort of converting it into play drive. So at first, the dog is going to chase instinctively. They don't really even know what it is yet, right? If you just if you just take something and throw it, your dog's probably going to follow it, but they still don't know exactly what it is. And then over a little bit of time, once they, in the first time it stops, they might kind of like be a little cautious. But once they realize, oh, that's a toy, in their head, it goes, oh, oh this is a game. And so then your dog's mentality turns into oh this is this is a game that I get to play and that's when you can really develop it into something that's a very healthy outlet for their energy and their prey drive so when somebody shows their dog the very first time I like the dog to be on leash and I like them to really see it from a distance because one surefire way to sort of overwhelm your dog is if you do too much too soon so if your dog goes right up to it and checks it out and all of a sudden you run it, it could scare them. I mean, what if that was a snake sitting there, right? And they don't know what it is. So I really like to let them see it from, you know, maybe 10, 10 feet away. And then they're sort of tracking it with their eyes. And as the owner, you have to let them know that it's okay. So you're going to what is, is that a squirrel? You're going to go get it. You sort of have your language, the way you encourage talk Encourage them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're encouraging them. And last but not least, you want what you can't have. So if you're going to hold them back a little, it almost piques their interest just a little bit more. One of my favorite ways, side note, to get a dog to do a recall is a restrained recall, right? So when somebody holds the dog, you get them excited, then you run away. The person holds them back until they really want to go back towards their owner and then you release them. So it's sort of that similar idea. You're going to hold them back just a little until they really look interested. And then you're going to say, okay, go get it. You're giving permission. And people ask all the time, is my dog going to go home and chase my cat? If your dog doesn't already chase your cat, they're not going to all of a sudden chase it because they know the difference. They know it's a toy. They know it's a game. And in fact, because it's an outlet, I have customers send me video of their dog chasing the swift paws with a squirrel sitting on a tree. And the dog's ignoring the squirrel because they want their toy. So that's my favorite way. Let them see it from a little bit of a distance moving to sort of increase that interest and then hold them back, but encourage them with your voice. And then when they are really excited about it, then you let them go. And those are my like three steps. <laughs> I love a lot about uh, what you said there. You said two things that I want to kind of hone in a little bit on. One is that um, yes, introduce the dog slowly, give them some time. And I think that's one of the things is people 
we always want to do the whole thing really quickly. I see mm -hmm. the same thing, for instance, with like pet cameras that, you know, shoot out treats because okay. all of these mechanical devices make sounds. And to us as, as people, it's maybe not a big deal. Oh, that's not very loud. Uh, but the first time, for instance, uh, Jack Russell saw, you know, a pet tossing camera, she was like, Ooh, I, you know, I don't like that at all, you know? So that's, that's one thing I think that's very important is take your time, let the dog slowly um, understand it. I, I love what you talked about, the holding back. If you can't have it, then you really, really want it. Um, but the other thing that you said, uh, which I really, really want to kind of talk a little bit about is that this can be used actually for some pets that may have some behavior issues. And let's say a behavior issues of chasing the cat or chasing the children right in the in the backyard and nipping at the heels they're doing that not because they're mean they're doing that because there is a lack in their life of ability to take their natural instincts or what they were bred for and a need that they need fulfilled and something like a lure course is much more productive to have them chase a little baggie on a string that uh, is in your backyard. So I really think that that um, is very, very important to let people know uh, that, you know, this type of activity is very beneficial. It's not just a fun game. Uh, this can be a great way to exercise your pet. And it's also mental stimulation and, and a way to fulfill their their personal needs. I, I love that you talk about that because so many times you'll hear people say, oh, that's a working breed of dog, no matter if it's maybe a herding dog or, you know, maybe a, a bird dog, but a working breed and they need a job. <laughs> well, not everybody is going to have access to a farm full of sheep. Not everybody is going to have the ability, space, time to give their breed or specific uh, mix of breed dog the outlet that they were bred for. So you sort of have to search and find what is going to be that job for them. Today's dog owners, today, I'd like to call them pet parents, um, they're, they're a lot more um, looking to fulfill their dog's needs too. It's not just an animal that, you know, sits out in the backyard and um, is there like the, maybe the, the fish that, you know, fl floats in a tank or something, but uh, definitely people want to be, um, you know, having their dog's have great fulfilled life and, and do things with them. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we wrote our book, Keep Your Paws on the Road. Uh, we wanted to just offer some uh, simple tools where people can just realize, you know, it. it's not that a dog either is perfect or he's not. It's that it takes a dog to be comfortable with certain things, you know, and traveling is one of them. A dog has to become comfortable going into all kinds of different areas and places with a lot of people. So um, yeah, you're, yeah, you're but... so right. And mm -hmm. I, what I really love is I, I see that. I see that in, in dog owners today. They're looking at well, how do I give my pet the best life they possibly can have? So, so Swift Paws over time, we have sort of evolved from this one product, one focus to now I, I really am trying to have that conversation about enrichment because I think that there's many aspects that give a pet a really fulfilling life. One of those is nutrition. One of those is proper medical veterinary care. You have to meet all of these things. But another one is enrichment, both physical and mental. And that's the piece that I think as human beings, 
our own mental well-being and, and physical well-being is something that is more recent, right? Take care mm-hmm. of yourself and self-care. Yep. And I think we're turning that lens towards our pets too. And, and I like that you said, you know, pets really aren't just like sitting outside, right? You used to, to get a dog for the family, and now people are getting a dog to be a part of the family. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. that's really the shift that has happened. That's why we get to be in business. And it's also why we're trying to branch out. What I really want to endorse is the conversation that people can have with each other on how they're bringing enrichment to their pet lives. That's awesome. That's really good. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what other products you come up with. Yeah, well, we recently added a flirt pull, which I'm sure okay. you know what that is. It's not obviously our our main product. The lure coursing kit is our patented product, um, but flirt pulls have been around for a long time. I knew I always wanted to have it as an option for our customers, especially as a lower priced option or an option if you don't have all the available space to set up a swift pause. But we are coming up with some new stuff too, and uh, that's something that I, I really want to offer something for everybody. Uh, at every price point, also not only for dogs, but eventually for cats and, and indoor use. So that's sort of the the dream on the horizon. That's wonderful, Megan. Wow, I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> now I know I can't let you go before I um I talk to you about your personal pets. Now you talked a little bit about the little guy behind you and uh talk a little bit about your pets. Yeah, so well Pretzel's the dog who started it all, and I, I did lose him. I lost him in the early part of 2021. I can talk about it now without crying, but it's really, I owe everything that I'm doing now to him. And it's amazing how he really changed the trajectory of my life. And I got that dog when I was 16 years old and he lived to the ripe old age of 14 and a half. So I was really lucky to have him in my life during that really transformative period when you're becoming an adult and learning about the world. And so he, he started it all. Currently, I have another dog. Her name is Piper. She is a pointer mix, a German short-haired pointer mix. And uh, she actually is from a shelter in Miami. I do also foster. So I do some work with a few different uh, organizations. She was my 10th foster dog. And she oh, was wow. my first foster fail. So. <laughs> That's great. She is such a sweetheart. Um, and one of the reasons why I knew that I had to keep her was that Russell actually liked her. So he, he didn't really love other dogs and it was a challenge finding stuff for him. So he wasn't super social. At best, he would ignore another dog. Mm-hmm. And so when he really liked Piper and would even sleep on the same couch as Piper, I knew <laughs> like, okay, this one's special. If Pretzel and Piper, um, of course, I, I don't have Pretzel anymore, but he'll he'll be with me forever. And one of the coolest things that's ever happened is that the first generation, when we were modeling out the backyard version of Swift Paws, one of the engineers said, you know, can I get a picture of Pretzel's foot? And he put Pretzel's paw print into the bottom of the actual uh, machine. So originally, (laughs) of course, it was just a really cool aspect. And now it's sort of this legacy. And to me, it's just like, the way that he's leaving his mark and helping bring this type of enrichment to dogs everywhere. Oh, that's very special. And I love that you give so much credit to him, but you know, that's really what it's all about. And you know, the people that I, I asked to come on the show 
uh, it is about the passion for our pets that lead oftentimes to the creation of these wonderful pet products. And that that is certainly um, the, you know, the journey that you went on. So thank you for sharing that with us. Well, Megan, of course, we'll be sure to share um, the links in the description below the video of where people can connect with you. But, but why don't you tell uh, the audience um, your website and, and other social media links so that they can find you when they need it? Yeah, absolutely. So we're really easy to find. If you look up Swift Paws anywhere, you'll find the website. You'll find us on all the social media channels. We're also on YouTube. Um, so wherever you like to be social, just search for Swift Paws and you'll find us. Perfect. Great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been really fun. I think uh, this is such a great product. And like I said, it's this is not just a game that you play. This is something that can really change your dog's life and also uh, part of your life. Because when you get a pet um, that is fulfilled and has um, an outlet for all of their um, instincts and things that they need to do in their life, uh, you have a much better relationship. And as a dog owner, you can enjoy them so much more. So it's really a great product. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Talk Take to you care. soon. If you enjoyed this episode of People with Passion for Pets, then please like it and share it with your friends and family. And until next time, keep your paws on the road.